why should I be doing cold plunge? Well, first off, we've already said the first one, reduced inflammation. Second one that I would is just dopamine. I'll just say that. Dopamine, you immediately have this hard thing, you get it a reward for it, your body stays at a higher performing level cognitively after that because of that. And then aesthetically, getting more brown fat, which is basically a different type of fat that your body uses that allows it to actually burn it for heat. Town show. I'm Coach Josh. I'm Coach Jack. We're going to talk about why you should get in cold water. Cold water is great. Feels great, doesn't it? Feels great. <laughs> it's good for your skin. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, brief backstory. How long you, we'll talk about cold plunge, cold water exposure. How long have you been playing with this? Uh, like, actually diving into it and using Did it. Oh. <laughs> Didn't even mean to, it just happens naturally. Uh, no, so I mean, like, I've got ice baths since, like, you know, like high school sports, you know, to recover from long days of training, uh, well, playing soccer, you know, you're running around. Uh, that Between that, I'm doing that, and I do, like, the Epsom salt baths and stuff like that, everything that they said that would be good for you. But I wouldn't consider that, like, actually, you know, it was just something that I was told to do, and I was like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> A very athlete thing to do. It was just like, oh, you said it makes me better? Cool, I'll do it. Uh, but then, yeah, I think basically like the last year and a half is what I, I think I heard about it in, um, in a more scholarly manner, like a more like backed up manner in the last like year and a half or so. When you heard about it, were you immediately receptive and like, this makes sense and I'm interested or did you meet it with any like resistance? You know, um... I think I, I would say that I initially would have met it with a little bit of resistance, just thinking of like putting myself in that in that headspace, just because you know like <clears throat> I've seen it for like injuries and you know the rice principle, and then people really be like, oh yeah, ice is good for injuries, uh, but I've only seen cold being used as like a way to decrease inflammation, uh, not many of the other benefits and. You know, we'll get into this too, but some inflammation is good. You need to have some. We'll dive into that later, I'm sure. But, you know, even, I think, in the last couple of years, that's whenever the guy who actually created the rice principle was like, actually, guys, don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was wrong. Stop it. Uh, so then I was like, could ice really be good for you? Um, I think I actually heard about this first from Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She does a lot of, she's talked a lot about heat shock proteins, cold shock proteins, but yeah. I think she was the first person that I really heard talk about it, and then I was like, okay, she doesn't really ever talk without having good information. Yeah, she's yeah. coming to you with a complete thought. Yeah, and it's no lies, it's, this is what the research says. Yeah. I think, um, what, I kind of want to start the show, one thing that I hate about podcasts is when I have to listen to an hour-long podcast to get five minutes of the detail I'm looking for. Yeah. So I want to do like a quick, well actually like a uh, summary first. Okay. And then I think we can deep dive that way if listeners want to hear the basis and the nuts and bolts, we can give that to them pretty early on. And then for those of you guys who want to hang out and nerd out with us, um, that's an option as well. So two, uh, let's cover one, should we or should we not be using cold plunge, cold exposure in some facet? Are there benefits? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes, there is. Absolutely. But so there's caveats. Yeah, of course. 
just like steroids. Uh, so, I think the next question is probably the most valuable for people is when should we be doing cold plunge? And so let's dive into that. Yeah, so interesting, uh, I've heard more recently the benefits of doing it before exercise um, as a way to get the nervous system kind of fired up, actually. Um, but yeah, so before, within like, I think like an hour before was what it, I was hearing. Uh, and then you want to put it off to basically, if you're going to do it after certain kinds of training, which we'll touch on here in a second, you want to wait till long afterwards. About four, four to five hours minimum yeah. is what I've read. Yeah, six hours is ideal from what, I do, from what I've read and heard. So yeah, uh, yes, you want to do it. You want to do it around certain kinds of training. Uh, specifically, the more beat up you get from your training, meaning like overall volume of it, um, and also the further away you are from hypertrophy goals, meaning are you yeah. trying to put on muscle mass? Um, so basically, if you're, if you're trying to put on muscle mass, you don't want to really do it unless you're doing it before, just because of the way that it works with inflammation. It does decrease your inflammation, but in order to get your muscle mass growth from it, you have to have a certain level of inflammation going into it. Um, or post-workout, rather, not going into it. Uh, you want to have a certain amount of inflammation so that your body actually has the response to go and repair what you've broken down a little bit. Because if you don't have that response, then your body goes, cool, we're good, we don't have any injuries. We're, we're just going to do our, we're going to take care of everything else, do our cellular repair, this, that, and the other. It's not going to be, oh, it's time to build up. Yeah. So, like Jack said, before is always best. If you are trying to get stronger, definitely before or long after your training session. Um, how much should we be cold plunging? Should, what if, do I sit for 30 seconds? Is that cool? Or do I sit for 45 minutes? Because I'm just amazing. So this is where, yeah, this is where, so this is where it goes kind of, uh, it's a, it's a scale, I guess, you get, or a gradient. So it, it's almost like the more, the colder it is, the less time you have to spend. That doesn't mean put it at absolute zero, dive in, and then immediately get hypothermia. Uh, but basically, like, if you're within, from what I understand, basically, 33 to 45-ish range, or 40, no, 33 to like 43, like the just above freezing or within 10 degrees above, um, then you can, it's most beneficial to do two to five minutes worth of it. And of course, you're gonna work up to five minutes, you're not gonna go straight into it. You have to give yourself some ability to build up to it and tolerate that cold for that long. But there's studies showing that it's equally beneficial as far as like the physical, the physiological effects of it, uh, if you're at a higher temperature for a much longer, so looking more at like 55 degrees or like give or take five degrees there, um, for more like 15 to 25 or more minutes can have equal benefits, but of course it's also going to be a longer part of your day. What you're going to see most athletes go to is colder for less time. Sure, efficiency. Yeah, exactly. And of course that's also going to be more mentally. Of a, yeah. like a hill that you have to get over. So I think the second thing Jack mentioned, the longer one, great opportunities for that might be like you just fill up a pool with with cold hose water or like a cold shower. You know, yeah. you can you can reach the fifty degree mark with water like that, and you're just going to need longer in there. Um, and I think a lot of the studies are showing like with the extreme cold, with the above freezing, but within ten degrees, trying to accumulate around eleven minutes, nine to thirteen minutes is really what I've read, but eleven minutes per week. So after that, there's not like a ton of benefit being shown. So even if you do build up to five minutes, you don't need to do five minutes five days a week. Yeah. There's not really like, you're not getting a lot of return at that point um, for, 
for like cognitive functioning. We'll talk about the benefits too, but really trying to hit that 10 minutes, 11 minutes a week sweet spot. Yeah. So that's when, that's why, that should we do it. Um, I think we kind of covered already how yeah. to do it. Like, yeah, know. how to do it. Well, I mean, you can go as far as like getting really high level technology. Like, I mean, yep. you've experienced it where like there's these spas or like areas of like spas, I guess, where you can go in and they have these like, <laughs> essentially the opposite of, of a jacuzzi. It's, instead of it being cold water pushed around, it's, I mean, instead of warm water being pushed around, it's cold water being pushed around. So it'll typically sit, I think, close to like 40 degrees or so because it's consistently moving. And the benefit to moving water is that your body can never create a heat barrier and therefore never really kind of get that almost protective shield against the cold. Um, that's a very real thing too. Yeah. I mean, if you go sit in a lake, that's going to be cold for sure. But if you're in a... Uh, like he said, you know, if you go to a recovery studio and sit in one that's swirled, or if you're in something where people can get in and out with you, mm -hmm. you will, or a cold shower. I think yeah. cold showers are rough uh, because you just never are having a chance to create that barrier. Yeah, so your your body is consistently the whole entire time having to produce its own heat to fight that cold exposure, and then there's other benefits that we'll get into with that. Uh, but then you can also just simply get like a giant kiddie pool yep. and you can just fill it with water and ice or your bathtub or your bathtub too uh, and then just jump in um, but then there's a whole uh, set of products pools all that kind of stuff that have like where they'll circulate the heat regulate all that kind of stuff made where you don't have to fill up and then dump out fill in and or fill up and then dump out over and over again which yeah. is a little bit more wasteful with water so um, you know kind of you do your own market research there and see what fits best for you if you're looking into this. Um, but yeah, I think that that's your budget. Yeah, budget, because of course, we can't all be spending thousands of dollars on just to get cold, on five minutes of cold each day. The next yeah. two things I want to talk about separately will be one, what's the point? Like, what, what do we do when we're in the water? I feel like we should address that, at least the crash course, and then we'll jump from there into the benefits of cold plunging. So, I'm getting ready to get in, I get in the water immediately, how deep do I want to get, and what is the goal? What do I want to do? So, I mean, the first thing that you gotta get, in com er, get right is your breath. So you're immediately, once you get, I mean, you've all experienced it. You got into a cold pool before, <laughs> the toe goes in, you're like, this isn't that bad. You get about waist deep, and then your body goes, oh no, we're getting cold, like, very quickly. You start to hyperventilate, so it's very important to immediately start thinking about down-regulating your breathing, calming yourself down. Big deep breaths in, big deep breaths out, slowing that down, because otherwise hyperventilation, not good for you if you didn't know that. Um, well, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, and then ideally you get as submerged as you can tolerate for the full time. For some people, uh, like I know Josh and myself, will immediately go, you know what, we're just going with full head underwater, uh, and she tells me breathe easy for a while. I had to take it. I had to take it. Uh, but yeah, immediately dunk and then come back up, start breathing that, uh, getting right in tune with that breath. And I actually found that submerging very quickly because you can't immediately start breathing helps you get into that more calm breathing immediately because your body's already got most of the shock over it. Yeah. Versus if you go slow, you're. <sighs> well, once you submerge, it can't get any worse. Yeah. I'm, I'd rather just go, like, let's go to 10 and I can always come back to 9. Yeah, and then uh, I would say, and then we want to, yeah, get up to about 
neck. Yeah. If we go too much, then you might start to feel more of like the muscles in your neck start to tense up and that can actually make it harder for you to slow down your breathing because you start getting tense here and then that sounds kind of like a panic response. I wouldn't say like choking, but similar to choking where your body goes, oh no, what's going on? And it kind of freaks it's out. Tricks, yeah. So I think about collarbone at first and then once you go up, you can go to about neck deep. Don't need to go all the way to like chin under the water or chin over the water unless you're just really, really hard. We're really just trying to get you guys in a very stressful situation and then get you to control your breathing in a stressful situation. Yeah. That, that's like the most baseline thing that you're going through in that, in that phase. So, which kind of leads to why are we doing this? What are the benefits? And I, before we even go into this, I feel like there's honestly quite a few. So I want to keep it kind of shallow because there's so many buckets that we're going to be hitting that are kind of unrelated. So let's let's just dive in though with why should I be doing cold plunge? Well, first off, we've already said the first one, reduced inflammation. Second one that I would, is just dopamine. I'll just say that dopamine. You immediately have this hard thing. You get it. You get a reward for it. Your body stays at a higher performing level cognitively after that because. So even easier than that for people that maybe, some people might not even know what dopamine is or what it does. You just feel happier, basically. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are like, man, I was kind of in a depressed state. I started cold plunging and I just feel better. Or if I if they cold plunge for four days in a row or four days a week and they miss a week, they feel more depressed. Mm -hmm. They notice that lack of dopamine and reward series. So mental health gonna be improved by dropping in the cold water. Yeah, and then aesthetically you, end up getting more brown fat. Yes, I got yep. that one right. I always get them confused and I'm like, but yeah, brown fat, which is basically a different type of fat that your body uses that allows it to actually burn it for heat, all right, which means that you're more likely to get trimmed up in the way that you want whenever you're exposing yourself to cold versus just not. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're improving your metabolism and fat burn by sitting in water. You don't even have to hop on a treadmill. I mean, you still want to, but you don't have to. Yeah, I think those are the big, the biggest three, and you, we can really go as deep as we want there, way deeper than probably either of us really know. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back first and start with um, inflammation, recovery. I just want to retouch on some of the things you talked about, basically like doing it before, um, and because we talked about stunting hypertrophy or muscle gain if we go afterwards. And it's basically like, it's counterintuitive because it's cold, but the whole reason we do a warm up is to spike the heart rate and then bring it back down. And the cold plunge is, is doing that for us. It's spiking heart rate, bringing us down, then preparing us uh, to go through. In addition, gonna put you in that mental state. But who would want to, or who would maybe benefit from cold plunging after a workout? Um, distance athletes. Athletes who are gonna be doing a lot of repetitive cyclical whether that's running, biking, I mean, even swimming, like people who are like CrossFit Games athletes who their goal is to recover between sessions, right? Olympic level athletes of any kind where you're going to be doing multiple training sessions in a day versus somebody who's got one workout that is going to be like a muscle building workout, right? Anything that really involves the nervous system needing to be repaired or reset, um, I think I covered it. Yeah, I think that's really a really great breakdown, and it's very digestible. Um, Jack touched on this a little bit. So dopamine is basically the reward drug. Yeah, you know, drops makes us feel good. That's why we look at Instagram. Yeah. The problem is that yeah, it just it burns out really quick. It's like it's the cold plunge is a little more extreme, puts us through a little higher amount of stress. We 
get that dopamine hit, and then you feel good for. I mean, the, the studies I've read are basically it's like it's like prolonged hours of a yeah. mental uh, improvement. Yeah. No. Um. And this kind of goes back to a previous uh, podcast that we had, where it's the pain gremlins, pleasure gremlins, right? If you do this really hard thing, that your body's like, stop, stop, stop. And let's clarify here that it's a positive thing that we're doing that's really hard, not. I'm doing something that my body's like, no, seriously, stop, dude, you're gonna kill us. Like, this is just something that's really hard and uncomfortable for your body. You have all this fake pain that's not real pain, just like hard workouts are fake pain, not real pain. And then you have this opposite response of your body where it goes, oh, we had this fake pain, now let's hop on the pleasure side. So now you get this good endogenous, we'll call it, which is just a fancy word for coming from within, is this endogenous response of pleasure. Where this is why these people who are feeling cognitively, well, what performance, cognitively performative depression, and then like actual depression, depression, where, where these people suffer from not feeling rewarded. This is something that can immediately be a hard thing that you do and then get rewarded for afterwards, which <coughs> helps hack our neurologic, our, our nervous system, helps hack our brain to be like, hey, we're actually happy. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people today, we're very lucky to live in a first world country that's pretty wealthy and that the fact that it matters, like most hard, uncomfortable things we do, we have to choose to do them. Mm-hmm. We're not really exposed to difficult things in nature anymore. Yeah. But our bodies have not adapted to that. So choosing to work out hard or not, or choosing to get in the cold plunge for four minutes, those things, you'll be surprised at how great you feel, rather than just choosing to do the things that feel good at face value, then you feel low at. Yeah, getting yourself off of that, uh, that wheel, the hamster wheel. Yes. And then the last benefit we kind of touched on, and I think you pretty much really covered it, yeah. getting in there, stimulating, burning this brown fat, increasing metabolism. I feel like we've sold everybody on this. Yeah, I mean, just to dive in a little bit more on the thermogenic effect of it is it's so, and to dive in more on what brown fat, white fat, white fat is just what you would think of typically when you see fat, like when somebody like, or gruesome, but like if somebody splits their finger open, you see like white fat squirt out of the end. Brown fat is specifically something like that is seen a lot more in, uh, like, uh, I want not Pacific Islanders, what am I looking for? Like Alaskans, like, uh, <clears throat> why can't I think of this? Eskimos, Jesus. Oh, that's <laughs> I was there with you, but I just didn't know that's where you were going. Yeah, like, you're yeah. saying it right. So, yeah, Eskimos, like, right? They found that these people who are obviously they would actually eat tons of fat from uh, whales but they actually had a different makeup of fat in their body because their body is exposed to cold so much it needed a way of combating that so when it would store body fat it wouldn't store white fat which is like harder to break down takes a lot more energy to uh, like you know actually turn into an energy source for your body so it's not as efficient they created brown fat which was easier for their body to immediately break down and then the reactions of breaking down that fat actually have that thermogenic effect, that warming effect, which your body does that because you're exposing yourself to an extreme cold. And it's like, oh, cool, so we're gonna be exposed to cold consistently. We need a way of combating this cold without wasting a lot of energy to do so. Therefore, the brown fat comes in, and then the body's a wild thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's very wild. So, those of you who are still with us, we did this last week as coaches. We all got to get in some cold water together. Doing exposure, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really awesome process. Uh, we also did some XBT breathing training that we'll do we'll talk about later. It's a whole its own podcast. Yeah. 
but I hope I may beat Josh at something. That's all I know. That was very uncomfortable <laughs> for that. Uh, Cold Plunge, if you guys have questions, reach out to us, hit us up at our emails or in person, we'd love to talk to you guys about it. And we'd love to hear your experiences as well. Anyone else has tried this, how, is it, how have you felt? Has it improved your state, mental state, physical state? What kind of changes have you guys seen? Anything else from me? No, that's it. Cool, thank you guys for checking out the show. See you later. See you guys.